God has a, a word for us today. And Jessica carries an anointing and an authority in the spirit realm. And I'm, I want to pray over you that you would open your heart and that God would just continue what he started and just completely wreck your life today. So, Father, we bless Jessica. Anoint her to speak the words with boldness. <laughs> and, God, we open our heart for your word. Find a good place. Produce good fruit in our lives. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Jessica, thank you so much. I'm going to get the podium for you. Thank you. Thank you. He's not lying. I was kind of saying, Lord, if you want to go ahead and let worship keep going, it's totally okay. I'll take it as a sign. Amen. I'm going to say thank you, Nicole. She reminded me to spit my gum out. Random fun fact, when I was little and in a dance class, my very first recital, I got up on stage and somebody had given me bubble gum in the back to help calm me down. And I went out on stage and did amazing while I was blowing bubbles with my bubble gum the entire time. So <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't epic in that way today. Okay. Okay. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Kings chapter 6. And I'm, I'm going to read the chunk of scripture first and then share a little bit about what God's put on my heart for today. Um, we're going to read verses 8 through 23. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, in such, a, in such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, be careful that you do not pass this place, because the Syrians are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent scouts to the place about which the man of God had told him, so he warned him, so that he was on guard there more than once or twice. Now the heart of the king of Syria was enraged over this matter, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not tell me which of us for the king is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, No, my lord, the king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak even in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, so I may send men and take him. It was told to him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots and a substantial army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots were circling the city. And the servant cried to him, this is hopeless, my master, what are we to do? And he said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are greater than those that are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, please open his eyes so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots that were on fire all around Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the word of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought him to Samaria. When they had come to Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those who you have taken captive with your sword and bow? Set bread and water before them so they may eat and drink and go to their master. 
So he provided a large feast for them. And when they had eaten and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the marauding bands of Syria did not come again to the land of Israel. Okay. Jesus, I love you. You are so sweet. Thank you for your heart for us. Lord, every, every word that comes out of my mouth, just encapsulate with your spirit that truth would set, set hold tightly in your precious name. So January 26th, I felt like um, back there, actually. I need to figure out how to stand to where y'all don't glow. There's no place. Awesome. Cool. Y'all look super angelic. Um, I felt like the Lord laid this passage of scripture on my heart and, and specifically gave me a, a word that I'll share with you at the end. And I sent, uh, talked to Mandy and shared it with her and kind of told her what was on my heart. And um, at the time, I think I, w- I think I was on the schedule to speak in the beginning of March. And um, as you all know, we started doing church a little differently in March. And so kind of got tabled. And I really felt like the Lord said, just tuck this away. And hold on to it. And so um, the last 10 months, I have watched the Lord work out what I'm about to share with you in a really sweet way in, in my heart. Um, so this spring, some of you know, my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer. And the last 10 months has been this really crazy and emotional roller coaster because not only was he walking through chemo and dealing with cancer, but he was also terrified of catching everything that's floating around and then um, ended up having an accident and fell and um, started having bleeding on his brain and had to have, so unrelated to cancer, had to have several surgeries to deal with that and um, currently is um, been sent home with hospice. So it's been a really crazy 10 months or so in, in our world. And um, And the Lord's been talking to me about this passage of scripture all throughout that time. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Elisha was a prophet to the uh, northern territory of Israel. He studied under Elijah with a J. That might have been a little confusing. Um, And he ended up being his successor. So he walked with Elijah until the very end when the Lord took him with a chariot on fire. Sound familiar? Um, and, And he stepped into his place. But the difference between Elisha and Elijah is that Elisha's heart for the people of Israel um, was different. It wasn't about calling to repentance or about justice as much as his, his mentor was, but his heart was really about meeting the people of Israel in their deepest needs, in, in their unvoiced brokenness, um, in places where it was, it was really purely just for their benefit at times. Um, and really, Elisha's... Elisha's story to me looks a lot like how Jesus shows up in the New Testament, coming and meeting with us and calling us back and reminding us of the story of who we are. Um, So he's one of my favorites, if you can't tell. So 
this particular story, Syria and Israel do not like each other and they have not been getting along at all. The king of Syria is, in my opinion, slightly obsessed with Israel. He's invaded several times, he's destroyed cities, he's taken captives and enslaved children and put them um, in his officials' houses as slaves. Um, and he's, again, plotting. And what I think is really funny about this story is that the king knows who Elisha is. A couple chapters before that, um, the king has a, a general in his army who has leprosy, and he sends his general to Israel to find Elisha so he can be healed. And so the king and all the army, I'm sure, because I'm sure the general didn't show up and go, hey, guys, I'm clear. Um, he, they know who Elisha is. So when he finds out Elisha's the one who's spoiling all of his plans, I think it's kind of funny that he's surprised about that. I don't know. So he decides he's going to go capture Elisha. Now, I, and maybe it's the fact that I have a kid brain sometimes. I just, I think the Bible's super funny. Like in the middle of this, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so do they raise their hand and say, um, sir, you want us to go and capture him and you don't think that he's going to know that we're coming because he's, he's known everything you were going to do up until this point. So, and I don't know if maybe he thought since he was sending them at night, Elisha wasn't going to get the information until the next morning, but he sends his troops, a whole army with chariots. It'd be like me walking out my front door in the morning to go check the mail and the whole National Guard is sitting right there on my front porch, like a little bit overwhelming for one person. And I just, I think that we're going to pause just for a second and I just want to point out, like, aren't you guys super excited about the fact that we serve a God who knows all like God's in the middle of the enemy's camp and he is hearing every single thing that this king is plotting he's right there in the middle and then he's equipping his people through his servants to do something to stop the move of the enemy it's not just that God knows me it's that God knows all, and he knows how all of those things are going to play out and have an impact in my world, and he knows how to prepare me for that. I just think that's pretty awesome. That one was for free. Okay. Amen. So I don't know if Elisha, the Bible doesn't say if Elisha knew that they were coming for him. I'm, I'm going to figure yes. God's pretty consistent. Um, but Elisha doesn't do anything to prepare for these guys coming. He goes to bed, says nothing to his servant, which if I was a servant, I'd be a little bit ticked off about that later. Um, and he just goes about his daily business, knowing that God is going to do what God is going to do. And so the servant gets up, and he opens the door, and the enemy is in his front yard. They have surrounded his city, they have put themselves in a position where there's no escape, there's no battle plan, they're already there. He knew this enemy. Syria had been a part of their story for a long time. He knew the enemy, but he wasn't expecting them to show up right there. He had seen God move through his master and he's just going about doing ministry and all of a sudden the enemy is on his front porch. And I can really identify with him. I wish that I could say that my first identification was with Elisha. 
I was like sleeping soundly while the enemy was coming. But I can so identify with this servant. He's going about doing what he's been called to do. And here the enemy sits. And it seems like God dropped the ball for a minute and forgot to tell Elisha what was going on. I hope I'm not the only one, but I can think of times when I've been really caught off guard. Like when I've gone to bed and woken up the next morning and it seems like my world has imploded. Where the bottom just seems to fall out. And I, and I can look and say, Lord, I've been doing what I was supposed to do. I've been, I've been obedient. I've been loving my kids. And I've been, I've been serving your people. And the bottom just fell. And what am I supposed to do? There was a period in these last 10 months where every single time my phone rang, my heart dropped because I just knew it was going to be that call that was going to say, sorry, he didn't make it this time. And I find myself in those moments going, Lord, what am I supposed to do? So Elisha's response to his servant Three things that I want to point out. Elisha sees him. His servant comes running in and he says, what are we supposed to do? It says he cried out. And Elisha says, don't be afraid. He acknowledges where his servant is. He doesn't say, don't worry about this. I've got this, just watch what I'm going to do. Like, he doesn't dismiss him. He doesn't condemn him and say, you serve me and I serve God. How could you even freak out about this? He just says, don't be afraid. And I think we're so quick to jump to that. What am I supposed to do? Give me an action plan. Give me my response. I'm a really good soldier. I can march really well and I can follow instructions. Just tell me what to do. And there are so many times when the Lord says to me, chill. And I'm sitting there thinking, they're on my front porch. Like, there's really not time to chill. I need you to tell me, like, back door. What am I doing here? And he says, breathe. Chill for just a second. I see you, and I see that you're afraid. And I cannot receive instruction and be obedient to the depths of my heart if I first don't acknowledge how I'm coming into it. And being able to just say, don't be afraid. But the second thing Elisha does is he gives him a truth to replace his fear. He says, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. He doesn't say, don't be afraid period. He says, here's the truth. The reason why you shouldn't be afraid is because of this truth. Don't be afraid. And here's why. And, and for us to be able to make an exchange, there has to be something we put in its place. 
I would love it if I could look at my three-year-old and anybody who knows my daughter, okay, this will make sense. I, lo- I would love it if I could look at her and go, stop whining. And like, magically it would happen. But that doesn't, that doesn't happen, at, at least not for us. If, you, if, it help, if something happens for you, then you need to tell us how you do that. But he doesn't stop being afraid just because God says, don't be afraid. This isn't supposed to be blindly following in obedience and not having a, a, a response in our hearts to this. And so he gives them a truth to hold on to instead. There's more with us than there are with them. And then the third thing Elisha does is he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. Now, if you know the story of Elisha, he, his very first encounter in ministry when, when Elijah is taken up is he sees a chariot of fire come down and pick up Elisha and take him on. And that's when the, the mantle moves from Elijah to Elisha. I've got to be really careful and think about that. J before SH. He's seen these chariots before. He's seen God show up before. He knows what this looks like. And so he says, God, show him what you've shown me. Open his eyes that he might see. Not the plan. Don't show him the plan. He could have done that and just said, here's what we're going to do. He said, show him where you are. Because if we know where God is, it changes everything. Because the next encounter we have, the next fearful experience, the next time the enemy shows up, if God had just shown him a plan, he would have freaked out because it's like, I need a new plan now. But because he saw God and he saw God show up in such an overwhelming and mighty way, this would change his life forever. Because he knows where God stands. This whole section, if you read that whole story, you actually can take those three verses out and the story still works. It still makes sense. It's still about a foolish king and a really weird battle plan about giving them food and sending them on their way. Like, the story still works if we take these three verses out. But one of the things that that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart last night while I, I was praying about this was, this wasn't about the battle. This was about the servant. God did not show this chariot scene to anybody else except for the servant. God's heart for us is that we would know where he is in proximity to us. And so every place in scripture that it says, do not be afraid, the second line is because of this. Because here's where God is in this moment. Deuteronomy 31.6, do not be afraid and do not panic. Which I think is interesting. He says it in two different ways. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Joshua 1.9, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.13, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Every place that the Lord says do not be afraid, he's saying don't be afraid because I'm right here. Don't be afraid because I'm right here. It has nothing to do with understanding how the plan is going to unfold. It oftentimes doesn't really make sense. This is a really good example. 
but it changes when we know where God stands and where we stand next to him. So as, as we've walked through these last couple of months and there have been times where I have, I have sat in, in the living room with my grandfather and been like, Lord, I feel like you need to do something here. I need to fix this. My mind quickly goes to what's the plan. And he's brought this back to mind and said, don't be afraid. I'm right here. And so back in January when I sent this to Mandy, here's what I felt like the Lord put on my heart. It is time to look again at the things that have terrified you and the places that you have written off as lost territory. It's time to look at those things again so you can see how I, Jehovah, am in those places Find me in those places and fear will scatter. I really feel like the Lord is inviting us into something really amazing. And I don't know what it looks like. But what I do know is everywhere he goes, there's life. And everywhere he goes, there's growth. And everywhere he goes, it's so much better than what I could have even planned for. And so if there are places where you feel like you have caution taped off that room and you've said, mm, that one's done, that dream is gone, that heart is broken, I'm going to let go of that and be mature and just move on. I feel like the Lord is saying, can you go back and just look? Can you, can you be brave enough to open the door again? So that way I can show you not where the enemy sits, but where I stand. Yes. Amen. And maybe that's just for me. No, good word. But even if it is, I, I, want, I want to be able to say there's no place that I won't go if you go with me. And fullness and completion looks like no shadows. And there's nothing that can come against me that's going to be in any way a better option than who he is for me. So, I went longer than a normal kids' church lesson, so I feel really accomplished right now. Okay. Okay. Less distraction. So I just want to pray over you. I feel like the Lord has given me some questions to ask you. So if, if you'll close your eyes and allow yourself to just sit with him for a second. One of the really sweet things in worship that I felt like the Lord showed me, especially at the very end, was a playroom with a big, huge, comfy glider rocker chair. If you're a mama, you know what that means. And the Lord saying, Come and just sit in my lap and let me tell you who I am. And so, Lord, right now, as your kids, we come and we crawl into your lap. Yes. 
Lord, I just ask that you would pull us close in such a way that we can hear your heartbeat. That our breathing even lines up with the rhythm of your heartbeat. And as you rock with us, Lord, I just ask that you would show us where it is that you want to reclaim. Is there a place that the Lord is drawing you to? Is there a dream that you thought had died? Is there a place that you thought it was too late? That place in your heart that aches. Lord, would you open our eyes to see you and how you are in that place, that you've been there all along. And that in that place, we can turn and run to you. That you would breathe life into places that we thought were dead. And that you would breathe warmth into places that are cold. Lord, that you would revive things that we had given up on. That you would increase them places where we had dreamed, Lord, I ask that your, your breath and your spirit would not only bring life back into those dreams, but that they would enlarge, that they would even grow from when they were first birthed within us, that we would see you all over them. And Lord, any place where fear sits, in a threatening stance, Lord, I give you permission to have your way, whatever that looks like, whether it's taking out an enemy or wrapping us in a bubble and walking us through it. Lord, that you would just show us where you are. I thank you so much for your faithfulness. And thank you so much that you do things just because you want us to be able to see your heart. Because when we know who you are, it changes who we are. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. So if you were in my kids' class, this would be about the time we'd turn on the bubbles and have a dance party, but I'm not going to do that to y'all, mostly because Levi wouldn't let me take the bubble machine this morning. So if, um, and I know that Jared's going to close, but if there is any place where you want somebody to stand with you in prayer, I'm more than happy to do so or find somebody next to you 
who can remind you of what's true and where God is. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Wonderful. I want you to stand and, yeah, let's do that. I don't, I want us to get even better at how we close out the service and really make sure that everything God wanted to, to do was like sealed and finished. And so I want you to stand. I want you to turn your heart toward the Lord. He's done something. He started it from the beginning and he wove it all the way to the very end. And it was a very strategic plan for you today to be here and he purposed you to be here and you said yes. So there's a reward that's going to come to your yes. So I bless you right now with the reward of a, that comes from obedience. I bless you with the reward that comes from sacrifice. May you sow great fruit in your life. May there be breakthrough. Come on. May you reap where you've sown great fruit. Come on. Mm. And I, I ask that you would do for us what you did for Elisha's servant and open our eyes that we can see what's really there. In every situation in life, may our eyes be opened to the reality of heaven instead of what we see here on earth. May we not judge with our eyes or with our ears, but by your spirit and by what you're saying. God, I bless every family here. If you do want prayer, we want you to come here to the front. We want to pray over you to close, close out. And uh, again, if you have offering, we have the buckets ready. And I just want to bless you. God's doing something really good, and it's a new season. We say this a lot. You almost hear that so much that you're, you're tuned out when you hear new season. It's almost, but it's absolutely true, and seasons change. They will change forever. Anything alive goes through seasons. And we're in a new season as a church, as a family. And uh, be prepared to see the supernatural hand of God. Amen. Amen. Be prepared to see the supernatural signs and wonders and miracles in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, we just say yes to that, Lord. Yes. yes, Lord. Thank you so much for being here. If you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. We love you. We bless you. Thank you.